Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a safe and fun Thanksgiving with friends and family. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, we are catching you up on several things that transpired over the break, including a new IRS notice that impacts ACA reporting requirements, the status of OSHA and CMS vaccine mandates, a potential government shutdown looming over the horizon, and an update on the Build Back Better Act. Joining me to discuss these topics is NAHU's Marcy Buckner and Chris Hartman. To start things off, let's discuss this new proposed rule from the IRS that was released last week. These changes specifically impact the Form 1095-B and 1095-C distribution deadline and the good faith transition relief. So Marcy, can you talk a bit about these proposed regulations and the impact they might have? So let's start with the dates, and then we'll talk about the good faith effort. And many of you who have been complying with employer reporting for all of these years since 2015, when implementation went into place, know that almost every year towards the end of the calendar year, we get an announcement from the IRS saying that they are delaying the deadline for employers to distribute those forms, the 295B and 295C, from January 31st, an extra 30 days. So over the past several years, we have continuously gotten this 30-day delay. It's announced by the IRS, just kind of varying depending on the administration sometime in the fall, early fall or late fall of the prior year. The IRS was actually considering not doing another delay on this last year and asked for comments on it. And we submitted comments just saying how helpful it was to have this additional 30 days every year and that we would like to see it put in place moving forward. And so as as a result of that, and I think this is a huge NEHU win, we have this proposed rule from the IRS that is now providing a 30-day extension for the deadline in 2022. So 30 days from January 31st for employers to distribute those to 95B and to 95C forms. And then it's also proposing to make this extension permanent so that we wouldn't be weeding around every year trying to find out if they're going to announce a delay. They would just permanently delay it for 30 days. We are very supportive of this, as you can imagine, since it's something that we have suggested in the past. We will be submitting comments just reinforcing our support of putting this delay in permanently, and it helps us to not have to wait around every year wondering if we're going to get that extra delay. So the other aspect of this proposed rule announces that the good faith transition relief that we have had every year is being eliminated. And this is that good faith relief that would protect employers from penalties for incorrect or incomplete filings. 
as long as the employer made a good faith effort to be able to fill these out. So what we're cautioning about with this is that oftentimes mistakes can be made when filling out these filings. We know many of you work with different vendors that fill these filings out or your employer clients. So we really like to caution you to make sure that as you're either doing these with your client or your client is doing them themselves, making sure that you're educating them about this change in the good faith transition relief or speaking to the vendors that your clients may be using to fulfill this requirement, because it's going to be really important that there aren't any mistakes. Those mistakes could lead to penalties with the elimination of this good faith transition period. So we just want to put up a caution flag and make sure you all are aware of this. We've had that good faith relief every year since 2015. So this will be the first year that it will not be available. So make sure your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. And since this is a proposed regulation, will NAHU be submitting comments on this? We will be submitting comments. In our comments, like I mentioned earlier, we'll be supporting that permanent 30-day delay. Then when it comes to the good faith transition relief elimination, we will be commenting just to caution the IRS about some instances where there could be an incorrect or incomplete filing that's no fault of the employer or, or the vendor. And just to caution that even though they are eliminating that good faith relief, that they should be taking some deference with some of the things like accidentally entering a social security number wrong or getting a middle initial incorrect, that those sorts of things should be treated with grace and not necessarily penalized. Are you ready to return to Washington, D.C. for our annual Capitol Conference? That's right. NAHU's Capitol Conference is returning to in-person from February 28th to March 2nd at the Hyatt Regency on Capitol Hill here in Washington, D.C. In addition to returning in person, NAHU is also offering a virtual attendance option. In-person attendees will have access to all on-site programs, events, and sponsors, along with access to the virtual platform. Virtual attendees will have access to the virtual platform, the programs listed with virtual attendees on the preliminary schedule, and all virtual sponsors. If you're interested in attending Capital Conference and returning back to the district once again, please go to NAHU.org and register as soon as possible. We are very much looking forward to seeing you all once again. So, moving on to the national vaccine requirements outlined by OSHA and CMS. As a reminder for our listeners, OSHA's rule applies to all employers with 100 or more employees while CMS's rule applies to healthcare facilities that accept Medicaid and or Medicare. As we mentioned a few weeks ago, enforcement of OSHA's interim final rule has been suspended pending legal challenges. However, this past week, the CMS rule has also come under similar legal scrutiny. Is that correct? Yes. So while we saw the immediate challenge in the courts to the employer vaccine mandate, it took just a little bit longer for the first action to take place with a challenge to the requirement that healthcare workers in facilities that receive funds from Medicaid or Medicare, that they all be vaccinated. So this week, we had a federal judge 
who released an injunction, and this was from a federal court in Missouri, basically saying that there's a suspension in the enforcement of the mandate while this goes through the court system. And this is not a decision by the lower court. So we do still need to see how this federal court is going to rule. We don't have a decision from them yet, but having that injunction blocking the enforcement definitely tells us a little bit more about where we could possibly see this court leaning. It is a case that is being challenged by 14 states. Aside from the politics and policy of this vaccine mandate coming from an executive order and not Congress, some of these states are also challenging this because they believe it will impose a very large cost on their facilities that may not be covered by Medicare and Medicaid because of the way that these hospital systems are structured. So they're challenging this on on a cost perspective, but also these states feel as though this is such a large mandate, such a large policy, that this is something that needs to literally take an act of Congress and should not be done through an executive order. And they feel that that has violated the extent to which an executive order can be used. Where do the courts go from here, both for the OSHA rule and the CMS rule? So with the rule regarding the healthcare facilities, the one that I just talked about, we only have that injunction that was released by the judge. We do not have a lower court ruling. So we have to wait for that case to be heard by the lower federal court. And then once we have a decision, it's anticipated that from the lower court, it will be appealed. So it will take quite some time to make its way through the court system. And it is moving a little bit slower than the other challenge. The other challenge to the employer vaccine mandate right before Thanksgiving, because there were so many different challenges that were heard in lower courts on the same issue. They did a lottery drawing, which normally you want to win the lottery, right? But this was the lottery drawing of which court would hear the appeal to be able to join the cases. So that was decided right before Thanksgiving. The appeals will be heard in an Ohio federal district court. So we are awaiting the result of that. So we do still need to hear what this appellate court will decide. And then from there, there's a chance we could see that this case could go to the Supreme Court. In the interim, next week, comments are due on the interim final rules that were released to put these in place. NEHU will be commenting on these, really on the practicality and how this impacts employers. But we're also going to comment based on these challenges and how confusing this is to employers that these challenges are coming while there are still a lot of deadlines that are in place. And so asking the administration to be really clear that while these are pending, they're not expecting to enforce any of these dates, but that also should a court find that these mandates are upheld, that the administration will provide an adequate amount of time for employers to respond and come in compliance and not 
expect for employers to be able to fall in line and be in compliance, you know, the next day within 48 hours or something ridiculous like that. So those are some of the things that we'll be asking for just to make sure that we're voicing the concerns of employers, not necessarily, again, the politics of the vaccine, but the policy and how it impacts employers. Let's switch gears to the legislative side of things. So last time we spoke, the Build Back Better Act, the reconciliation package, successfully passed the House and is now in the Senate's hands. Can you give us an update on that? Yeah, so the process has moved over to the Senate now, where Democrats continue to negotiate amongst themselves, particularly on hot topics such as immigration and family leave. The other thing that's going on that I think is interesting is this process called a birdbath. And what it is, is they meet with the parliamentarian and go over the different sections of the bill, deciding if it falls under the bird rule. And essentially, the bird rule means that everything has to involve spending or taxation. It can't involve policy changes or the, the spending and revenue has to be more than incidental on the overall budget. So they are going to go through now and uh, particularly meet with the Senate parliamentarian, and she will decide if the things in this bill actually apply. And often when you see reconciliation, this is the point where you see the bill sorts of slimming down because the House does not have these same sorts of rules on reconciliation. Uh, And so different things could be eliminated from the bill in that process. I think the topics that are particularly controversial, that it's questionable if she will accept It are some of the immigration provisions that are in the reconciliation bill. I also think some of the things that particularly are interest to NHU that we have concerns about under the Byrd rule are related to the prescription drug reform. So it's very clear that prescription drugs, when it applies to Medicare, has huge impacts on Medicare spending. So therefore, very clear revenue and spending implications. However, There are several of these provisions that apply to the employer market and the restrictions and inflation caps that are put on the ability for pharmaceutical companies to raise the drug prices on the employer side. What the pharmaceutical industry is arguing is that does not have an effect on revenue or spending of the federal government, therefore cannot be allowed in reconciliation. Obviously, our concerns are that if there are no caps on the employer side when it comes to prescription drugs, the pharmaceutical companies, yes, they will have to lower their prescription drug prices within the Medicare universe, but will they simply try to make up those profits on the employer side and simply cost shift? So this is something that we're going to be paying very close attention to with the parliamentarian's office and see how she rules on this topic because it will have an effect on the prescription drug market in the employer-based universe. I would also just point out that this week we have heard that even though we were expecting this to be a Christmas gift to have the end of Build Back Better all tied up with a pretty bow, it is looking like there's a possibility that this could go into January or possibly a little longer. It's just taking that long for the Senate to come together on the content for their language. Also, just a little reminder that with reconciliation bills, remember, they run on a fiscal year basis. So this is technically the 2021 fiscal year reconciliation bill. That fiscal year is April 1 of 2021 to March 31st of 2022. So if they're unable to pass Build Back Better by the end of the year, they are still able to 
take action and pass it before the end of March and still take advantage of that 2021 reconciliation bill and then have another bite at the apple, so to speak, to use reconciliation as a tool to possibly pass another bill in the 2022 fiscal year starting April 1st. It is now time for the NHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. What are we toasting to this week? This week, we are toasting to the start of the holiday season. Last week, not only was Thanksgiving, but also the start of Hanukkah at sundown on November 28th, and it goes through December 6th. So happy Hanukkah. We are looking forward to everyone celebrating a safe and healthy, happy holiday season. Cheers! Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.